This is Bale Street, crime, finance, and everything in between. Hosted by Ira Jettelson, bail bondsman to the stars, and Danny Moses of The Big Short fame, this is Bail Street. Hey everyone, we're back with another new episode of Bail Street. I'm Danny Moses. I'm Ira Jettelson. Uh, today, we got a packed episode. We have Alex Spiro, high-profile trial attorney from Quinn Emanuel, uh, who represents many athletes, many other people, um, and has been in the news a lot lately. And one of his clients, uh, who's a good friend of his as well, is Charles Oakley, who has joined us on the phone as well. So we're going to get caught up with everything going on with Oak. Ira, before we get to that, uh, why don't we talk about what's going on in your world? Well, uh, I'm going to lead in, obviously, with a story, Oak. I don't know if you know that I uh, bailed out uh, Raymond Felton um, a long time ago. But uh, I remember when uh, I did the bail for Raymond, I was dealing with... uh, his high-profile attorney, and uh, one of the questions they asked me was like, you know, well, what what can we do with uh, Raymond here? He's got to travel to Canada. Can he can he get out of here? I said, I don't give a fuck where he goes. He can go to Canada anytime he wants, you know, as long as he scores 20 and 10. So uh, Raymond was obviously a good client, good man. Everything worked out for him. Ended up moving on from the Knicks. I think he went to Dallas, and uh, everything worked out for him, and everything turned out uh, great. So let's move on, and let's talk to Charles. Well, let's talk to Alex a bit first, and then we're going to get to Charles. Uh, so, Alex, um, you've obviously done a lot of work with players and so forth, athletes. Uh, why don't we start with currently what you're working on right now, maybe, what's most important to you. I know you've been involved in the Fair Punishment Project, which I'd love to talk about as well. So why don't we start there and maybe... Sure. You know, the, the conversations and the cases I'm handling are uh, often private or confidential, but uh, a lot of these folks, including Charles, have gotten involved in the criminal justice reform movement and... Uh, you know, that's a good thing to talk about on the Bell Podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, sure. So what have you done in that arena? Well, right now we're actually looking at uh, trying to change bail here in New York. And um, Easy, you know, easy. I easy. know, I know. I'm, t- I'm, I'm with a bail bondsman, so I know this is a, it's a double-edged sword. You right. guys can't see this right now, but Alex is working his way towards the wall as Ira inches closer. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not that I need to, but <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, the statistics I've heard are that there's 500,000 people every single night in America in jail who haven't been convicted of anything. And uh, we set bail based on money, and we don't look at it and evaluate how much money people have, and we set it. And so there's people sitting in jail that just can't pay their way out, and that's not right. And there are groups making changes all over the country in less liberal states than New York, um, challenges under the Equal Protection Clause, challenges under the Sixth Amendment, the Eighth Amendment, and getting people out of jail and getting the system changed. And uh, I think it's time to do that here in New York. No, well, we, I mean, we can go back and forth on this. And, you know, obviously, we, me and Alex first met when Alex was a, a DA. And uh, we went up and we did a surety hearing together. And we went back and forth bantering with each other. And that's how we became friends. But one thing that I've always talked about and, you know, is judges and DAs see rap sheets before anybody else does. So... Yes, there are a lot of people that are incarcerated, but you know they're seeing whether these people are having any type of accountability to show up in court if we are or release them on its own recognizance in the beginning. So I understand the money situation, and I am all in on whether or not somebody should spend time incarcerated on low-level misdemeanor crimes, but what about felony crimes? So, but that's the point, right? We're looking at a rap sheet when, when we're not evaluating the connectivity between the rap sheet and the amount of bail that we're setting. And so- the old expression that it's better to be uh, rich uh, and guilty than poor and innocent really plays out with bail because, as we know, if bail is set, a person is far more likely to give up, a person is far more likely to be convicted, more likely to have a higher jail sentence, 
more likely to not have access to a lawyer. And so you look at their rap sheet, but there's no, again, nexus to whether or not they can make bail. So $100 to them may be a ticket to remand. And so the bail, sh- the, the, the rap sheet is is nothing without a personal evaluation of well, what it, would bring them back to court. $100 could bring somebody back to court. Well, it, what about what about CJA downstairs that are, that are checking these people out and seeing if they're, you know, evaluated to come upstairs and see if they're responsible enough to show up on their own or... Again, the evaluation of whether or not any bail should be set isn't as much of the issue as to what the dollar amount would be. And so if you set $1 bail on somebody that doesn't have $1, you are sealing their fate. And... That's the problem. None of the things that you can point to, not the individual assessments that are done, are talking about the person's ability to personally make money bail. And that's really where the rubber meets the road. Why don't we get uh, Charles Oakley's opinion on this as we're talking about this. And uh, prior prior to that, I just want you to know, Alex, that we have on the show talked about Promise, which you know, is, yeah, is involved in and we're big proponents of it. And you're 100% right that something needs to be done to fix this. It's, it, you know, uh, so... Charles, you have thoughts on this? Uh, I think it needs to change. Uh, you know, I think some people have handlers who can get call, and you know, like some people might get arrested. And they, can, you know, once they allow you to make a call, you know, after two or three hours, then they can get out the same night. some people like that. It's, it's it's sad because, like I said, a lot of people locked up for no reason, and then they came and got a record. Some people have records, some people don't have record. But I experienced a lot of my friends growing up have you know getting a chance, you know, going to jails and not getting out, you know, because sometimes your parents have to come and get you. When, you, when you're when you young, your parents come and get you. It's double jeopardy because sometimes you might say, well, let me stay here for 30 days or, you know, just bail me out and get home. It could be more disciplined. So I think what Alan's doing and a lot of people need to start looking into what people are really going through in life, you know, uh, out here in the world. The world is real danger and you know, people got to survive and people going to do things and all the time it's not the right thing to do. Right, and we've talked about these private prisons in the past before that are getting their pockets lined and they're lobbying Washington all the time to keep things as is or turn more of these federal and state prisons to the private sector, which actually is everyone's much worse off, the taxpayers. It's a big sham because taxpayers end up paying more for private prisons than they do for the public prisons. And the quality of the prisons, for the most part, is worse. So, you know, it goes all the way. Yeah. I mean, you know, I had a case myself, and I just wanted to get it over because, like I said, more longer go on, the more taxes you have to pay. And we don't want to see money just being thrown away, and we can come to a solution. Uh, both sides come to agreement. And uh, so I'm glad uh, I cut it short, and uh, other things going on with the case in life. You know, Charles knows from his time in Cleveland, from his time in New York, and from some of the cooking and other philanthropic things he does in poor communities, that if you hold somebody in on bail, it's not just the case but they get they lose their jobs, they get yep. disconnected from their families, they can't find get their cell phones back, they can't get a new cell phone. It has such ramifications on their life moving forward. It can literally stop stop even just a night can stop all their progress in a moment. And so, you know, and and Charles and I have discussed this. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah, yeah. I mean, listen, as a bail bondsman, um and I make my money Charles from from doing bail. I I am a proponent right. for, you know, low-level misdemeanor crimes and uh a lot of you know, first-time offenders, they, they shouldn't be incarcerated right away. They, they, they should, you know, maybe be, have a DAT ticket or not put through the system, and I'm all for that. But, you know, um, there's got to be a happy medium, you know, and I, and I talk this over with a lot of different people because just letting everybody roam free like they're doing in New Jersey right now is not the issue either. 
And uh, I don't know how you feel about that, Alex, but, you know, I mean, they got they got people over there that were let out and, uh, you know, and, you know, ended up doing some real serious crimes. Yeah, but if Jim Dolan committed a crime, <laughs> you could, I would just throw him. I would just I would throw away the key. Well, Charles, wouldn't you want to be just incarcerated <laughs> with Jim for just about 20 minutes? No, I mean, things happen like, uh, you know, we just try to come to agreement that, you know, it shouldn't happen. You know, being a billionaire owner of, of uh, you know, one of the nicest arenas, a uh, basketball team in the NBA, and, and this happened. People see this happen and like, wow, how can this happen to me? Oh, this right. guy played there for many years. And so my thing with that is just, you know, I know that other people out here in the streets go through stuff and don't have a chance. And I'm just glad I had a chance to fight to get my rights and get, you know, let people on my side of the story, and they seen what happened. So a lot of people out here walking the street don't have it. I just wish they had a chance. So my thing is, I'm trying to help the people who, with this conversation, with this, you know, talking on the phone about situation, you know, people in the streets and who going to jail, and I, you know, for getting them out and trying to help them. You know, once they get out, the better they self. And that's what you know, Alex has talked to me about and trying to get involved in. And like I said, I got a lot of friends in jail and did 15, 20 years. They might did some things wrong, but when they had three strikes rules in some states, some states they don't. So when you do things wrong two or three times, I mean, what you expect? I mean, you know, you, they're going to they slap you hard on the wrist. So hopefully that, you know, that the people who coming up in life that, you know, things change and hopefully that we not, you know, get it back ourselves in a situation that, you know, 15, 20 years in jail ain't helping nobody. I agree. I agree. I mean, listen, um, Alex, I know you do pro bono work, you know, and uh, I've done – I'm not going to mention names, but I've done bails and not taken money from some families that were, you know, hardship victims, you know. Um, so I understand what you're saying. You know, I agree. You know, people, you know, people have been incarcerated for a long, long time. And, you know, it's 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 a tough thing. And it, and it screws up everybody, it screws up all their families. It screws up everybody. So we got a great Oak story. All right. So Ira and I were down in the Bahamas. Uh, it had to be five, six years ago. Maybe, yeah, about that time. We used to come down, Charles, for the. Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan week. yeah, Michael Jordan week at it, the golf tournament, right? So yeah. you're you're out at the Cove playing craps like you always are, and we're at the blackjack table right next to you, and Michael Jordan's at the table all the way on the end. Do you remember the shirt I was wearing, Charles? You might not remember, but I was walking around um, the Cove with an "I slept with Tiger" shirt on. Yeah, so, so that was back in the Tiger Woods. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> <laughs> so, with Tiger, so, so, okay. so Charles's back is towards the pool, and he's facing the bar. So you're on the end where you always are, Charles, because you can take up right. that, that whole space. Right. And you're calling an any crap and a and a C and E, which everyone out there the one he loves doesn't to know. Craps and eleven on every come out. You always had. Right. You right. always had. All right. And right. I I played no. with you before. I don't look at you when I roll a seven out and lose everybody money. I kind of run quickly. But anyway, <laughs> I was playing blackjack. So you you called an any crap. It was a two, three, or twelve. What I couldn't see what it was. And the guy said, "No, no, sir, you didn't call that." And you said to him, "You go. When have I never?" Ever not played an any on the come out roll? And he said, "Sir, I don't know. I'm here." And you correct? Hold on. Always down the come out roll in the next row after the point. Yeah. Yes. Right. Hold on, Charles. So Jordan now is his his head perks up because I turn to my right and you take your chips and you have big hands by the way and as many as you could take out of that rack. You said this isn't about the money and you took the chips and you threw them in the pool. Do you remember this? Into the pool. Yep. Yes. Yep. I was I right. Do. I yep. was right there next to you and I shouted over. He always bets the any. And Michael runs over. Hey man, w- go get that money. <laughs> go get that money. <laughs> that was Michael's money. He was <laughs> <laughs> No, it was funny, but that was that was quite a scene at the pool. It was crazy that that uh, they that yeah. they did that over. Yeah, fun. 
He should have kept the tournament over there. Yeah, there I, over there. I don't know I why he doesn't do that be, anymore. Michael. Well, yeah, the, the Vegas, he was doing something at a yeah. different, you know, a different wrench in the street. And, uh, but I, I think the people there, you know, they get their shirt off their back and they so, they so lord over there. And they just like so gentle just to see that many celebrities and, you know, entertainers and athletes yeah. being in one place at one time. So it was like, a, it was like you make a people life better just that one weekend. Not even Christmas. It, it was a better than Christmas weekend because the people just never seen this stuff happen. It'd be some of everybody there. You could believe, it was you great. believe who was there. People in L.A., New York, yeah. Boston, oh, we, all the best. We had Gretzky, you had Lemieux, you know, we had you had a softball Hall. game one year. It was just unbelievable. And, you and, would, you would, people wouldn't believe it. It's probably one of, I told some people, it was, this might be better than the Grammy or the awards. We so. had a great time. Yeah. It was like, it was, oh, yeah. and it was one-offs. Like Vince Coleman, who I know is very yeah. tight with Michael, was there. Like guys, oh, yeah. like, and that was so yeah. fun. Yeah. We yeah, were down we there. Did. That was the weekend Bill Clinton was down. You remember when Clinton was down there? Yeah, Clinton. Clinton played yeah. in the tournament. You know, we had Bond. We had Smoltz. Gita. I mean, just uh, all yeah. Yeah. Roger Clemens. I mean, you just think about it. You yeah, know, Roger. All the running backs. You had the, yeah, Mark Adams. You had uh, uh, uh what's the uh, Eric Dickerson. You right. had, um, you just had all of. Them. It's a shame, it's too, because Michael hates to gamble, so I'm surprised that he, <laughs> he called yeah, the thing off. Gambling, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. said it's a shame that Michael called it off because he hates gambling. So. Yeah, right, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mean, meanwhile, yeah, a former partner of mine yeah. played it played in his in his in his uh, grouping and I think lost good six figures to Michael on, on the course that day. And well, you know, you know, at night in that back room there. I saw my friend go right. over and give Michael a stack of. Uh, I've never seen that color chip before, because I, you know, I only oh, go up yeah. to about purple. Probably, probably know. that, probably that, yeah, not the brown. The brown was fire. Yeah. The browns, <laughs> the brown chips, yeah. exactly. So uh, yeah. that, that, that was yeah. a great story. Um, well, you needed Alex down there with you at the craps table. He could have verified. Well, yeah, but... Alex, you know, he gonna he gonna make he gonna he gonna lay down the law, and make sure it's right. You know, it's one of the best guys I met. You know, with my case and. Before my case, I, you know, I heard about it, but once we got involved, you know, my second hand on my case, and uh, you know, we could just close it since. Well, let me let me say this about about Alex. First of all, we're friends, um, and we break each other's balls as much as we can. But he's I, very intense, Alex. Yo, I mean, I'm is. looking right now; I'm a little nervous. It. Yeah, well, he, he thinks because well, I want to see what I'm gonna I was going to say something inappropriate no, about the bail system I mean, in New Jersey. Well, I mean. Well, you know what's going on in New Jersey. I don't want to get into that with you right now. I'm not even guilty of anything. I'm going to plead out right now, Alex. I lost. Go ahead. But I I met Alex, obviously, when he was on the other side. And and his passion as a DA was the same passion that he has now as a defense attorney. And we have done business. We have grown together both as uh, as young men. And, uh, you know, Alex is – he takes every client is from the guy he does pro bono – to a celebrity client the same way. And he never has time for you. His big thing is, I don't want to talk to you. I just want to email you, which I have a problem with because I have a flip phone. So we go back and forth on that. But, you know, Alex, let me, let me ask you a few questions, obviously. Um, you know, obviously you represent Charles, but you represent other celebrity um, athletes and entertainers. And, you know, uh, how, uh, how do you feel about, you know, representing them compared to representing Joe Schmo on the street? It's exactly the same. The only difference, maybe, is that after I represent them, I try to pull them into the the same thing you guys are trying to do here. I try to convince them that it wouldn't have been the same for them if they didn't have access to the same lawyer, the same access to the same resources, and don't don't they want to stick around and fight? I sit with them in courtrooms. I talk about some of the issues, some of the issues that you mentioned with the Fair Punishment Project, some of the issues I've seen on both sides of this, and uh, a lot of them have stayed involved and stuck with it. You know, a lot of people I represent, you know, it's never public. It, the, you know, the issue or whatever flies over their head. You would just do an Edelman, right? You just did Julian Edelman? Sure. 
Um, and and those folks, you talk to them about, you know, how the system works and how it how it fails, and and they're they're gripped by it, and it's a real movement right now. And I think I think finally something is going to be changed in the bail system, and and even and even more so. And and you get people on both sides of the fence about mass incarceration and drug laws and things, but people who haven't even been convicted of anything. I mean, that's where I think that we've really started to build consensus, because if you've just been accused of something and there's no, you know, no burden that has been met, the, the notion that you could have your whole life taken from you through the bail system just because you can't afford to pay your way out is really a remarkable and a sad thing that we need to change. Well, again, you know, I agree in some aspect and we can go back and forth on this all the time. And, uh, you know, we we discussed uh, on one of our podcasts, we talked about promise. And, you know, we'd love to get Jay-Z to talk about, you know, bail reform and, and what he's thinking and what about what goes on with Promise. Because, you know, as we discuss and, you know, Alex, obviously also being on the other side for a long time, we you've argued bail and you've argued high bail. You've argued remand. You've argued, you know, surety hearings. We can go back and forth on everything. So, again, you know, I agree that there's got to be some change. Well, the system is set up. To disadvantage certain groups, right? The, and, the and indigent it, have a problem getting out of jail. Yes. We know that. Yes, and absolutely. I agree. They should. There should be some system. I mean, listen. I talked about ankle bracelets. That maybe there there shouldn't be. You know, a low level on bails. Let, let them go on ankle bracelets. We set up a fund where uh, maybe Promise sets up the fund where Promise pays for an ankle bracelet. We put five hundred people on ankle bracelets throughout the city, and we're saving how much money for someone that's incarcerated. What would we talk about, Danny? About $190,000 a year, Alex, maybe, yeah. to, to house an inmate over at Rikers Island? And Rikers Island, as we know, is no no writs. Yeah, and you're coming out with psychological damage, physical damage, and most of you're not even accounting. Forget about the money that it costs of taxpayers. Course. There's there's right. no argument that works in, you know, in that way. And there's a story, uh, Oak, um, your buddy Trent Tucker. Dave, um, uh, you know, I, And I know you've done work with him, charity work, but in 1999... He was an investor in uh, Mario Gabelli's fund. And you may not know that name, but uh, back in 1999, he used Trent Tucker. He used his aerobics instructor, and he used his secretary. And he set up three different shell companies to buy wireless spectrum from the U.S. government. And the reason he did that is because if you were a woman or a minority, you got special treatment and got a discount on the wireless spectrum. And to make the story short... What he did was he spent something like $12.7 million to get all, all of these licenses or something like that. And he turned around, Gabelli, and he flipped these licenses for over $200 million within a year. And there was a law clerk who was processing documents, and he recognized this is a sham. How was Mario Gabelli able to set up this wireless spectrum sale and purchase and so forth? And so the government filed a lawsuit against Gabelli, accused him of fraud, basically, Trent Tucker well, had no right. idea what was going on. He was, you know, he was his name was used basically. And right. what happens in the end? In 2006, I think they settle for 130 million dollars. When I say they, just Gabelli doesn't go to jail, pays 130, made 206. He still banked 76 million dollars. Do you think that's going to happen to anybody else? You know, anyone else that doesn't have the means right. or so forth? It's crazy. So Trent Tucker did nothing wrong. He was very innocent in the process. That was proven. But the point is that the system is just set up a certain way, and Alex knows it. And you know, guys like Alex are great because they're they're a proponent for change and stuff like that. Still goes on, right, Alex? I mean, it's, it's right. And then when we talk about other states and that that you know the notion that just because somebody might need to be held in without bail doesn't really prove the point that the way the system works is proper in any state. And what the Supreme Court has said, and what would have to be done to to make anyone held in on bail constitutional, is that an individualized assessment 
would have to be done that included that included what financial condition they were in and included that individualized assessment and use the least restrictive means possible before we hold somebody's body and keep them incarcerated. And that that's what's demanded. And if we can't do that, then we can't hold them in. Charles, let's talk about the um, big three and uh, your your current team, which I know is one and two. I looked it up. I don't, I'll don't. i be honest with you. I don't right. track it that closely. And if you weren't going to be on, I probably wouldn't have looked. I'm just being honest. But it's, it looks kind of fun. I haven't been to a game yet. And I know you guys tore around. But uh, what are your team's prospect and any chance that you become the seventh player on the roster? Because it looks like these guys might need you. Uh, no, nah, I played one game last year. No, nah, big three is something real big. You know, got to get Jeff Ice Cube really a lot of credit for coming up with the idea and giving guys who played in the league, you know, a chance to, you know, revisit themselves and a chance to better themselves and family and financial. I think that, uh, they're doing a good job. Last year, uh, Trinity won it. And then this year, they owe it three. So the competition, it got better. It's like everything else, especially like football. You know, everybody just to the better team and, the team and a lot of players this year. Like we got like 18 new players this year, and uh, and people really like it. They're coming out and support us. Uh, every city we go to, we're in Detroit this week, and uh, so it's 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 it's, it's really you know the guys really come to play, and uh, they really like it. So that's, the fans coming out and cheering. So that's another blessing. Is there any room for a white five foot ten bail bondsman that could shoot the three? Uh, <laughs> uh, well, you were. Uh, well, maybe in jail, but not in the big three. No, no Charles, it's, no. It's, 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 I know how important it's, defense it's a, is. There's no defense I know, there. It's, it's, a, it's a fast place game. Uh, it's 14 seconds on every shot clock. First half, 25, 25, second half. So the first team get 25 the first half. The first team get the 50 the second half. But uh, the pace is really fast. I mean, like some guys, like new guys this year playing, they thought it was going to just be like a cakewalk. No, it's like your heart rate really get up because you're running, you're not stopping, and you don't have help on defense. So to hold you accountable, you got to you know keep the guy in front of you. If not, you'll get embarrassed. Hey, Charles, are you still involved with the car wash in Yonkers? I'm still in the car wash in Yonkers. All right, well, you owe, me, you owe me $69.95 because the last time I went there, you, you ruined the outside of my hood. So um, I really? will send you, yeah, you I'll should. send you a bill. I'm telling you, we got more cameras in the White House, but we would go back and look at the cameras and see that we do it. Good answer. I got to tell you, Charles, it's, all, it's a great car wash. And By the way, Alex already sat it. up. Alex already sat Thank up and you. already claimed that that didn't happen before you even finished that, Ira. I just want you to know it came to Charles' <laughs> no, defense. No, we, uh, we, will, we, we damage it, we will pay. Okay, you know, we that's fair. If you can show us that, I'll show you the damage. We'll watch the. We'll go back to the date. We got the tag number. We'll go back to the second that you went through the tunnel. We got we got so many cameras, so we we can tell you exactly how long you was in the tunnel. And if we we could have did it, you know, if you said you was in the tunnel ten minutes, and now tunnels are five minutes. You might have got done in another car wash. I paid for the super wash, Charles. The super wash. We have insurance. That's one thing about it. All right. I just want to make sure because I paid for the super wash, okay? I brought my wife's car over there for the super wash, and it came out, and, you know, I wasn't so thrilled. But then, you know, they did make it right afterwards. Send it in, and we'll look at it, and we'll go back to the day and time your license plate pop up. This is the first time I've ever seen Spiro quiet. I swear to God. He's nervous. He is. You can see him. I don't like these accusations about Charles's car wash. (laughs) Car washes. Look at uh, him. He's looking to come after me or after your car wash. This is a guy that really goes and protects all his clients. You can see it. Hey, wait, Alex, I got a question. I know Charles won't talk about anything to do with the Knicks, but I, I just want to – anything to do with his current situation <laughs> with the Knicks. But I just want to say that, Charles, are you aware that uh, MSG, the company announced, are going to spin off the spin out the uh, Knicks and Rangers from the live entertainment company? I just want to make sure you understand the valuation 
that is potential. I saw it in the paper about three or four weeks. I mean, it's been it's been the last two years. Like every five or five months, they'll put out an article or something about selling the team or you know the, you know team trying to diverse or do something else. But well, yeah, they, they you know everybody everybody up on them. They doing a new stadium in Vegas and uh, trying to do it around the world. So we see what happens. Well, they doing a lot of different stuff. Well, the Knicks are are being valued at three point seven billion dollars, and all I can think of is that. Maybe if there's a lawsuit pending, they would want to settle. It's a pretty big cash cow there. So, Alex, I'm not one to give legal advice, but I would go after them pretty hard considering they're trying to get this deal done. They don't need that type of PR around them. Yeah, we're, we're big Knicks fans, yeah. and we really appreciate your and Iris' legal advice. It's very, help, very helpful. It's, good. it's going right in my notes. Uh, we, we're Knicks fans, too. Yeah, I haven't been brutal. To, I, I can't watch a game anymore, but I'm a big Knicks fan. We'd like to have you to Brooklyn well, for the Nets as well. The Nets are great. Charles I and I. I watched the kid Knox a little. Knox is he sick. Like, you know, Knox looks like the right pick. Yeah, Knox is great. He looks like I mean, they need a marquee guy. They need someone who can make a Kyrie, you know, Charles. Kyrie and bring yeah, Jimmy Butler. Uh, and then we go. We make it uh, happen. I, I'll, I'll listen to Charles first. Sorry, go go ahead, Charles. Who would yeah, be the ideal upgrade? Yeah. But can it, you know? Can they be still in? And uh, I don't know. Like, they need to get them. Then we talk about it. Right now, they don't have them. So when they get, like I said, everybody can talk about who going here and going. Once you to get there, then we talk about it. That's fair. Yeah. Prior to signing with the Lakers, did LeBron even consider coming to the Knicks? Was that ever even a possibility, as far as you know? Well, I know, no. Okay. I talked to LeBron. Would you, know, you we, come we, to the Knicks if you were LeBron? A lot. What was that, Charles? Sir? I said we stay in touch with one another a lot during the course of the year, but now, it's, you know. It's pretty cool that Magic Johnson. I mean, they always, you know, I want to hope. If he didn't come the first time with Phil, was there. no, he ain't coming now. All right. That sounds fair. Then yeah. We'll just stay with the 23 and 60 team. I'm good. So, uh, Charles, I can't thank you enough uh, for coming, no on, coming on with us. Hey, today. Charles, is there anything else you want to come on and talk about? Anything you want to. You know, are you doing anything well, more with charity? Anything you want to speak about I'm right here? I'm doing a lot of charity. I'm starting, my, I'm starting my foundation next month. Um, I'm working right now with uh, who am I? I'm, I'm human but not hungry uh, foundation. So all we do is um, every city we go to the big three bases. We go uh, to the inner city to the shelter and stuff. I cook for like you know three or four hundred people. So we're doing it in Detroit. We did it in Oakland. We did a skit roll. We're gonna do it in uh, Atlanta, in Miami, New York. So we just go to the community, we, you know, try to find the people we can feed for that day, and hopefully we we, we do it again around the holiday time. So it's a lot of people need help out here. Just need someone to, you know, reach out for us to start to help them. Charles, what's your best dish? My best dish is me doing all the cooking. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, I, I, I can say my best dish probably is probably a sea bath with uh, some pineapple, with some rosemary potatoes, with some uh, with some. Uh, that sounds good. Well, not serving that on Rikers. By the way, you know, I saw I saw a video of you the other day, and you're in the best shape you've been in. I mean, uh, that I've ever seen you in. Is it is it the eating, or are you working out hard, or what? What are you doing? Uh, working out just an hour, four days a week. Or I was in the car, so I'm basically just doing cardio now. Can't even do no weight stuff. But basically, just you know, know what to eat. Uh, I'm a cook, so I understand. But I like my fried stuff. Uh, just can't eat it late at night. Uh, when you go to the gym, this my hour. I do forty minutes of cardio, maybe twenty minutes of just start to work out and stretch. And that's, that's all you need when you get older. So uh, a lot of guys be saying, "Well, wow, I said I eat everything you eat. I mean, I eat the drink four nights a week, but you, my body never been out of shape, so that might be a good thing too. I, I never let myself go. Now I had to work so hard to get it back right. So they say when you get in, what you put in, and what you get out. So I got a lot of gas in my tank, like so I'm, I'm ready to ride. Charles, do you have a relationship with uh, Coach Fitzdale? No, 
Uh, I think he's a hard work guy. Met him before. I know he's gonna try to do his best. I think he's a guy who can bring back fundamentals. You can see a difference for us. less turnovers, guys more focused, design stuff on the floor. You'll see that from him, and that's what you, you know. That's what a new coach needs to come in and do. So he can make a difference, and guys on the same page, and you know, hold them. Guys. He got to hold them guys accountable. So I think he's gonna do that. So. It's up to the guys don't fight against the coach. I know everybody said, well, Phil Jackson won the triangle, but my thing is, the triangle, the East offense to learn. It's just, these guys are different these days. They don't want to do something, they, you know, it's almost, you know, what they say, what they say when, when a mule's there, you can't whip him to wake him up. So, hope these guys just pay attention to the coach because they they don't know. They've never been there. They haven't done nothing. And you got to start somewhere. Somebody got to set the ground, set the fireworks. So, hope kids they don't come in and show that, hey, I'm a leader. I can get these guys to play 90 and 90. That's the key, too. So just come in and play. These guys, you know, leave your Eagles at home. You know, leave your attitudes at home. They need a good leader, too. How many games will the Knicks win this year? I said between 35 and 40. Maybe you've been smoking Maybe, a little cannabis, every, Charles. Last that's not going to happen. They, they went from, they, I mean, they, they improved two or three games, I guess, the last few years, like 31, 32, 33. So, I mean, I mean 40, 41 would be a bad year. Charles, I, I I I love you, but it's not happening. Well, maybe that'll get him more well, in the settlement by saying they that. might. Yeah, it's I possible. Mean, they might. I mean, East is the East is so weak. I think they, I think the Big Three can come in the East and, and you know, we can put a <laughs> team together in the Big Three and finish fifth in the East. I think so. How do I watch the Big Three? Is it on? <laughs> is it on? Is it on television? Is it's it on, on Fox every Friday. We play on. Uh, Sundays or during the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, late night, I don't know. But it's, it's live every Friday on Fox. Okay. All right, cool. You know, it's, four, it's, it's four games. Each game is about 40, 45 minutes. And, you know, like I say, nice crowd. Uh, we're in Detroit this week. First game started at 6, and we go from there. All right, That's great. Cool. When are you going to be in New York for the for the uh, games? Uh, well, the game in New York is the championship on the 24th of August. Okay. All right. Excellent. Last well, in Vegas. This should be in the uh, in the uh, in Brooklyn. We well, wanted to go to the garden, but since we were thrown out, we had to try to go across the street. <laughs> I don't even walk by the garden anymore. I walk on the opposite side because of you. Oh, you going to wait? Oh, Cafe Thirty One. I go, yeah, there or, <laughs> <laughs> or Brother Jimmy's. All right, Charles. Well, thank you for right. uh, coming on. And, yes, uh, thank you, Charles. Good, good luck right, in Detroit guys. this weekend. Yes. All right, thanks, Charles. Right, well, thanks, right. Charles. Now we got my man back on in there, Mr. Spiro. God, he's so intense. I'm, I can't like, even look what, at what him. What is your problem? I mean, really, what is your problem? I actually think he's – he just I mean, did – by he, the way, you couldn't see. He just I, I, did push-ups. I'm just, making, I'm just making sure we stay on topic and, you know, Charles has enjoyed himself and everybody's happy. I think Charles enjoyed himself. I think he enjoyed himself. Good. Okay. I think so, too. He got, right. And it's, his cooking is no joke. Well, Alex, uh, Alex, thanks for coming on today. Um, you know, you, you bring something to the show that is critical as far as what we're trying to talk about in terms of bail reform. And obviously you have a very long client list and really appreciate you getting us access to – Charles Oakley there. So um, that'll wrap it up for this episode of Bale Street, and uh, we will see you again soon. I'm Danny Moses. I'm Ira Jettleson. 